Welcome back, everyone, to the Plex Files. We are here. I am Alex. I am Laura. I am so happy that I was given the opportunity to watch this film. This is one of my favorite movies of all time. This was one I could have lived a pretty decent life without seeing. I think you're exaggerating. I think you I had a good time am. watching it. <laughs> I did. It's it's a silly movie. It's a it's a happy go lucky burn burn down the terrorist film. We're talking under the siege. <laughs> under the siege. <laughs> Do. <laughs> yeah, under the siege too. <laughs> With, under- starring Sebastian or Steven Seagal. As yeah, himself. Sebastian Seagal. Sebastian Seagal. Under Siege 2, Dark Territory. Dark Ocean. This is one of my, <laughs> this is, I think, one of the best action movies of all time. What did you say? I've never seen, well, I have seen some of the first one. Yeah. There's a scene where Gary Busey spits in his uh, crock pot and says Ew. that that'll give it some flavor. He's like, I think he does add that little, on a, a daily. There. I think he does that on a daily basis. I think he's a pretty filthy celebrity rehab failure. And then Seagal's like, mm, I'm my, my memoir. <laughs> Can I just say, Steven Seagal? <laughs> this is your first time seeing a Steven Seagal movie, right? Yeah. Can he speak up a little more? <laughs> like he. <laughs> I remember I was like, are there subtitles on this movie? And I would turn it up and you would be like, this is really loud. And I, it was, I was like, this is the only way I can hear Steven Seagal speaking is through the explosion. What are you, what are you writing there? I'm writing a, a book. Memoir. Oh, memoirs. Memoir. I'm a chef. Never do hey, uh, Actually, you know, give him the brandy. I gotta put that in the cake. Yeah, gotta make it in the microwave. Gotta take off your top, niece. That's that's check, you know some controversy from this film. So this movie, I've never seen Under the Siege one. Yeah, <laughs> Under the Siege takes place in the siege. They're on a boat. Does it mm-hmm. atop the high seas? And I remember the trailers for this movie in 1994. They said the first movie took place on a boat. And this time, and then they would show shots of the helicopter at the end, which is like just one part, and it says, the sky's the limit. And that's it. That's like five <laughs> seconds of the movie. They're in the, the rest of the movie, they're in a train. And yeah. this movie, you know, I, I immediately had a little bit of a soft, soft spot, soft spot, soft spot for this film, because it took place in Colorado. Yeah. And it's shot in Colorado. They actually went with it. They not didn't, the whole thing. Yeah. But I mean, they actually, shot on location it's not like they like hey we're in colorado like i was watching aliens versus predator requiem earlier today and that takes place in like uh idle dale or something and it's it didn't take place in space no well it takes place <laughs> in space at the beginning but then oh. they they get dumped into colorado idleville well this one they go to leadville and i remember that's I... where that's where aliens versus predator takes place is well, leadville? well i remember in leadville um, you know, I've driven by Leadville, kind of through it. There is nothing in Leadville, probably some houses, but I mean, there's not like a military base like in this movie. I mean, they make Leadville look out to look like it's some sort of like war camp or something or military base. And probably they just shot that in some empty field in Leadville, which is all of Leadville, I'm sure. Well, then I guess they were true to the location then. <laughs> I don't know. It was so weird. I was just like, is this in Leadville? But they showed Union Station, which we were just there yeah. in person, in the flesh. And 
it looked about the same, yeah. except for there wasn't a snooze uh, bar where you could get, you know, pancakes and brunch mimosas. Right. So I should probably just go over the plot really quick. So if you could refresh me, I, I got a lot of action, adventure, we, we, and Seagal still frames. We ran into the room right in, right when the credits kicked in for this movie. <laughs> so we're so fresh, <laughs> so fresh on this. But basically, Casey Ryback, Steven Seagal, is a Navy SEAL who's also a chef. Yeah. And he previously was on a boat and kicked everyone's ass. Great. And now he's meeting up with his niece, Catherine Heigl. God. At, at Union Station going to LA. And then a bunch of terrorists get on the plane, on the train, not the plane, the train. Well, and so can I just say this? Catherine Heigl became a real bitch later yeah. in life. So she did Grey's Anatomy and started like basically being a little crazy. I remember her from Wish Upon a Star, which she probably made a year or two later for like a Disney Channel original movie. That was the first Katherine Heigl film that I saw. But so when I when I looked up some of the controversy of this movie and I saw Katherine Heigl was in it and I felt like Steven Skull was kind of like a douche. Like I remember hearing some weird news about him and then I see <laughs> there's some controversy from Jenny McCarthy that when they were casting for Katherine Heigl's part, he like tried to fondle her and told her to take off his her shirt his shirt either way someone wanted a shirt off did you say jenny mccarthy jenny mccarthy she was a playmate right yeah okay yeah so jenny mccarthy and she like cried and went to a trailer and all this stuff and so i guess katherine heigl probably took her top off and like allowed this to happen but then i like was searching this and i found a picture of him filling up 17 year old katherine heigl yeah i was like her boob yeah i was like is there some truth to this so you know katherine heigl i have a feeling she did a you know producer's couch type audition and her career went off from there yeah maybe <laughs> you like this movie though right I, it had its moments. I I thought it was uh, super violent, which I love. That's like the <laughs> cornerstone of any good action movie yeah. is how violent it was. So many people get like dropped off a cliff or <laughs> shot in the face in this movie. Or chefs murdered in the kitchen of a train. Mm -hmm. That was deeply disturbing to me. But I mean, it's kind of funny because, you know, Steven Seagal, I, I mean, I've never seen the first one. I know he's a Navy SEAL slash chef. <laughs> slash murderer he makes and everyone knows Michael. who he is in the government <laughs> and it's like because yeah. that what's his name the casey ryback they're like oh casey ryback is on that train this is great and it's like who the fuck is this guy he's the chef he's the best the best chef the best rapist chef slash turn people into firewalls so <laughs> so he's making a cake and he mixes in the microwave it, he mixes it up then he puts it in the microwave and says Put it in the microwave for 15 minutes and you said, <laughs> have you ever had a cake in the microwave? I didn't know that was possible to make a cake in the microwave. 15 minutes. What are the main ingredients? Like, what do you do? It was like instant pudding mix and water. Brandy. He said there's brandy in it. And brandy. So instant pudding mix. We're going to try this cake. The instant pudding mix, water, and brandy cake. We'll call it the Under the Siege. The Casey Cake. The Casey Cake. <laughs> and we're going to try and tell everyone how it is. I feel like we're going to be very sorely disappointed. Um, I, I, I thought it was kind of like this weird. So what, the whole time he's with his niece, like I have to go back to this because there's so much like 
controversy around Steven Seagal just being an asshole and being a little nuts. But when he met his niece, he's like, oh, hey. And I just was like, this is uncomfortable for me. Like, this is his niece. Why is he talking to her like he wants to do her? That's just how he talks to everybody in this. <laughs> That's true. That's true. But it was just so weird. I felt like he had like a weird attraction to his niece. You know about that, right? You know about that, right? <laughs> <laughs> She's like, oh, and then she flips over that bad guy and is like, or no, it was, oh my gosh. So the guy who is doing the bags in this or running the bags around. The porter. Porter. Morris Chestnut. His name's Bobby Sachs. Yeah. Morris Chestnut, who's in like his kick-ass, <laughs> kiss-ass, uh, which is the third kick-ass movie, but kick-ass too. Um, he's in this and he's trying to harass or help Catherine Heigl to her room. And the whole time I was just like, fuck off. Like if this guy were following me around on a train, I'd be like, can I call the police? No, you can't because you're on a train. But she like flips him over and she goes, my uncle taught me that. When I was 12, and I'm like, if your uncle taught you that when you were 12, you would have a broken rib cage. You'd probably have, like, <laughs> one of those, like, spinal disc <laughs> contraptions around your skull. Like, you would be dead or something if he just flipped you over like she did to that guy. It was insane. Well, maybe they had a mat or something. Yeah, or that. He also taught her how to stick her thumb into your cheek. <laughs> yeah, that was so weird. <laughs> That was such an odd moment of just like, ah, anytime I'm being attacked, I'm going to turn on some guy. Because when she takes his her finger out of his cheek or her thumb, he's like, oh, I love, but he's weird. love that cheek. <laughs> yeah, he's always weird. He's I always think that he's the guy from The Frighteners, but he's not. He's the guy from – he plays man and people under the stairs. Yeah. I thought he had a name in that movie, but anyway, it was just kind of weird. But We should watch Dune again because he's really good in that. When you say again, it'll be the first time for me. We've I feel like it's it been before. on in the background. I've just never paid attention to it. Mm. But that's my bad. But I love Dune. Um, there is a lot of death in this movie. I mean, so basically this guy um, <laughs> with this very curly hair <laughs> is the bad guy. And he came up with all these like satellites and he's yeah. going to blow up Washington. And they're like, and, 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 and throughout the movie, he's taking like these little things from people who were like, Hey, I'll give you an extra million dollars if you murder my ex-wife. And he's like, yeah, I'm going to kill your ex-wife, <laughs> yeah, man. He's like a mercenary yeah. <laughs> on the train. And so then they think that they're going to stop the train and instead they like are blowing up this woman on a plane and it's some guy's ex-wife. And I was like, what has this ex-wife done to you? But he accepts the money gladly. Yeah. I mean, what wouldn't you do? And in the beginning, they're doing all this for a million dollars. And then this one guy is like, I'll, I'll have you kill my ex-wife for a hundred million dollars. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, what? Yeah. Why wasn't he doing all this other stuff for a hundred million? Instead, he's going to murder some random woman. Yeah. He should have gotten on the microphone and just been like, Taking bids, like, who wants an ex-wife mother over here? You got the money over there. You got your husband. You got me a dog. You got me a child. Eric Bogosian's really good in this, though. I thought he was good. Yeah, he was. He's like, well, they're going to get it. He was definitely losing his shit. He definitely was menacing and yelling when he hit the enter key a lot. (laughs) I always wonder how these bad guys in these movies get so many little, like, minion people. (laughs) Like, what what do they tell them they're going to do for them? Are they like, I'm going to give you 
hundred virgins in heaven when you're dead because there's no way you're going to make it through this. Yeah, I don't know. I, you know, when I watch these movies these days, I think about that. Like these guys are like freelancers. Yeah. You know? And this is probably one job that they take a year or something and then they pay their bills. And you're not talking <laughs> about the actors. You're talking about like the minions. Well, yeah, but people. I mean, it's kind of a metaphor for acting, I guess, <laughs> but, but yeah, like I've always wondered, like, what are these guys' lives like? Are they paid in cash? How do they get a loan? I have a feeling <laughs> that they're just... what they do. I have a feeling that they were all wronged at some point in life. They were failed interventions from the people intervention because I watched that show a lot. Yeah. Pretty religiously. Um, And they're just like, fuck it. I'll kill some people. I'll you don't ca- even need to pay me. I feel like life just gave them the short end of the stick and they're just willing to like fuck up some other people's lives. I don't think they're getting anything out of it, especially in this movie. And they get lit on fire. I mean, some really horrible things yeah, happen you, to these minions. You think Everett McGill was like, all right, this is going to be an easy job. We're on a train. We're with this guy with the hair. He's got this CD and the satellite. It's going to be easy. Like, the only way this could go bad is if some legend is on the train. <laughs> like, I don't yeah. know, Casey Ryback or something. I don't but, know. Some chef Navy SEAL. Some chef Navy SEAL. But trust me, this will be an easy job. No one's going to get thrown off a of train or... We have a helicopter flying above us that can only take one of us up. There's 20 of us, so clearly I'm the only one getting out of it. Oh, can we, like, just talk about the fact that... (laughs) So he's... (laughs) The impersonation that that guy does of Steven Seagal. So uh, Bobby, (laughs) the little, like, bag boy who's running around, Morris Chestnut, um... He's, like, sitting on a suitcase, and Steven Skull's like, I don't know, look through these bags and find what you're supposed to find. And then he, like, puts on this little, like, girdle, and is like, oh, hi. <laughs> he goes, <laughs> I'm so sorry. Cover and conceal. You know about that, right? You know about that, right? And he's, like, flashing his tits <laughs> out. Because <laughs> he's got some little, like, garter thing. And I was like, I don't think Steven Seagal knew that they shot that scene. <laughs> yeah, he, he did it, like, after he went home, and they were just like, let's make fun of him. Because <laughs> he was such an asshole to work with. What do you think of this as a Steven... Would you watch more Steven Seagal movies? No. So, the video that you showed me of him running, I've never seen him move that much in a movie. So that was interesting to see. This movie is like the last serious Steven Seagal movie, I would say, before he became a straight-to-video goon. Goon? Yeah. It's funny because didn't we watch the SNL that he hosted? We tried to. It's bad. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me about that story you read about <laughs> so what, I read what his this idea of a joke amazing was. story. I hope it's true. I hope it's not true. It's pretty bad. But Lorne Michaels basically, like, you know, Steven Seagal thought he was some hot shit. And so he came up with all these skits that he wanted to do for SNL. And he wrote one where this girl is, like, emotionally telling the story of how she was raped. And Steven Seagal fondles her through the whole skit. (laughs) And I was like, this is, there's no way that this would ever be funny with, like, I don't care who's in the skit. You could, you could have been Robin Williams and, like, or Sonny Bono, like, is Sonny Bono funny? I don't know. But you could have been anyone. And that wouldn't have been funny. Like, I was just raped. Oh, your tits are so hot. <laughs> like, I would just be like, this is weird. And he thought it was, like, really funny. And Lauren Michaels had to be like, hey, this isn't funny. What would that sound like? What's a Lauren Michaels sound I've like? never heard him. Does he oh, talk really? like Mary? I always think him and Mayor Giuliani are the same person. No, he kind of talks like um, Ed, Su- Ed Sullivan. 
Ed Sullivan. Oh, it's a really, really, really funny skit. Really big shoe. Yeah. Really funny skit. Really big shoe. Not a really funny skit. <laughs> Steven, I have to say, that's probably not going to be very funny. Oh, yeah. That was like a little Sean Connery. You probably wouldn't want to actually do a rape joke on Saturday Night Live. That's like Sean Connery mixed with so many things. With Lauren Michaels. With Lauren Michaels. <laughs> yeah, but... I, I, it's funny because for a while I forget Catherine Heigl's in this movie, which the whole time I'm like, oh, Catherine Heigl. Once again, she's become a, she was a little crazy during the whole Grey's Anatomy thing. I used to really like her and respect her as an actress. And then I was like, yeah, she's one of those fucking yeah. normal actresses who's just bitches about everything. She has NyQuil commercials now. Does she? Yeah. Are you serious? Yeah. Or Zequil, one of the two. Oh, cause she's a real snoozer. They're like, I don't know. Nobody wants to work with she's you. She's really playing it safe if she's doing NyQuil commercials. She's like, I've had some controversy. Better do Zequil or NyQuil. Maybe she's just doing it for the free NyQuil. <laughs> Are you sure it's not Steven Seagal who's doing it? <laughs> I can picture him. He's like, hey, you gotta go to bed and get him Zequil. Get, get a better sleep. <laughs> <laughs> so Steven Seagal does Aikido. I actually took Aikido lessons when I was a kid. Did you? I took karate. Did you? Yeah. I, I took karate as well. <laughs> it's a karate. <laughs> karate. You're, you're putting too long of an A. Karate. No. I did. Uh, yeah, that's it. I did karate. <laughs> He's did, from Mississippi. But I did Aikido, and um, I think I distinctly remember the kind of waving your hands around uh, weirdness that Steven Seagal does. <laughs> they literally... <laughs> So we filmed this because we were like, did they shoot or did they reuse this piece of footage three or four times when he's fighting man from the people under the stairs? Yeah. <laughs> What's his name in this Everett movie? McGill. I think his Everett name is, McGill? I think they said his name is Mr. Pym. <sighs> that's, that's a disappointing villain name, but he's fighting him and uh, he's got these sous chef hands that are... F- Flapping all around the place. He's moving his hands like in a plus sign. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's like plus, minus, equals. Yeah, he's like subtraction, he's division. Like, <laughs> it's yeah. like watching a math problem. And they pl- and they just, I, I mean, this had to have been around the point in his career where he started giving up and he was like, listen, if you want me to be in your movie, I need you to shoot the same shot. <laughs> once and replay it over 17 times in the movie because even there's that scene so i mean getting ahead of it like basically the bad guy in this movie is trying to blow up washington kills people's ex-wives and whatever and seagal is like i'm gonna i'm gonna stop this from happening and the pentagon's involved in red from that 70s show which Mm -hmm. i thought i could do a good red impression but i don't know if i can well let's hear it yeah yeah. <laughs> no, I, I don't can, be too impressed. I can do. I can do his impression from RoboCop. Can you fly, Bobby? Clarence, no. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. But he's in it, and so Steven Skull is just like gonna stop this from happening. I don't even think he knows what he's doing, like what the bad guy is doing. But he's just like wanting to murder someone. Or fondle a woman. There's another scene where she's like, I broke my bra. And she's like flapping her boobs He's trying around. to rescue the hostages. He's <laughs> trying to fondle. I think he's trying to rape the hostages. He, Casey Ryback is completely asexual in this movie. He doesn't grope anybody. I would agree in the final scene, absolutely. Because in the final scene of the movie, I'm just like, this guy is great. 
he went through the whole movie and he doesn't even molest his niece, even though he acted like he wanted to in the beginning. But yeah. um, I just I just don't know. Steven Seagal is just to me like he's like a Tanner John Travolta. Mm. Leathery or. Yeah. If I were to compare him to something, I would say he's maybe a sofa. Yeah, maybe a bit of a sofa. He didn't have a ponytail in this movie where he usually that's usually his signature is he has the ponytail, but they they docked it. Instead, mm. he has perfect non-moving hair in this entire movie. Yeah, well, that's because <laughs> it's all shot on green screen. <laughs> or him <laughs> him leaning against a rock that's supposed to be him hanging oh from a cliff. Oh my god. <laughs> There's so many things where, like, he he lights a man on fire who perfectly rolls out the side of the train, and then him falling out of the train somehow and landing on a rock and being able to, first of all, he's like 60 feet in the air, minimum, minimum, and he's just holding onto a rock with one foot and one hand, and he's like... <laughs> Hey. Hello. Hello. <laughs> he goes, hello. And the other guy looks at him and is like, huh? And then it's, he's like, Psh. He points with his, with his ring and finger. He's like, down you, there. he's like, it's down there. And he points with his ring finger in the most awkward, <laughs> like his nubby hands. Just... That, shot, that, shot, that shot of him just <laughs> leaning, leaning up against a rock with one hand, and he's supposed to be hanging on for his life. I know, <laughs> 60 feet above the earth, and he's just like, hello. I think we rewound that like five or I've six this, times. I've seen this movie well over 20 times, and I've never Serious. noticed that he's just like leaning onto a oh, rock. I like am... that's just him in a parking lot. <laughs> I immediately picked up on the laziness of this performance from the start of the film. Uh, <laughs> maybe, maybe I didn't grow up with Steven Seagal as an idol. So maybe funny. I was taught to fear him as a rapist <laughs> and a scary man. <laughs> that was just such a funny shot. Like, there's no way anyone could hold on to a rock like that. I know. He's amazing. The whole movie, he's doing all these amazing things. He he survives all these chefs getting murdered. Yeah, get down. <laughs> he says get down and then locks himself in a freezer and nobody else can get in. No, the the chefs stand up in front of the bullets. They like intention. I bet they were all depressed and suicidal and they just stood up because he's like, get down. And they all get down on the floor and then they stand up and get shot and murdered. And then they like drag their bodies out of the train. <sighs> I don't know about this one. Well, and then back at like the Pentagon or wherever they are managing the satellite, there's that nervous guy with a cigarette the whole movie. <laughs> I smoking. How many cigarettes did that guy go know. through in I, shooting this movie? I'm pretty sure that that guy was like... Did he die of lung cancer? I'm pretty sure that guy was just like, I I don't know what to do with this character, so I'm just going to be smoking all the time. Yeah, chain smoking. <laughs> putting a new cigarette in my mouth constantly and having conversations about how stressed I am. It's funny because everyone else who's in the government who doesn't have a cigarette in their mouth is like, oh my god, we're going to fix this though. And this other guy's like, put 20 down on the running horse in the stables or whatever. <laughs> like He's just like placing bets and going crazy and yeah. doing stupid stuff. Ugh. Yeah, he's there's just so many funny things. And it also had the guy has the guy from Better Call Saul and Breaking Bad. Yeah. Yeah, I completely forgot about that. And I think he's only in the movie for like 5 minutes. 
I mean, he's in it throughout the whole movie, but he's only in a couple of shots. Yeah, he looks a lot younger. Still has that nose, though. Yeah, he does. Still looks like a baby. <laughs> he's like a man baby face, like man. Tommy Pickles. Um, yeah, I just, it, and then towards, so basically, like, I mean, the plot is what it is. I mean, guy gets on train. Yeah. Bad guy gets on train. <laughs> Guy on train has to kill bad guy on train. Succeeds. Yeah, you told me you liked it. You should really handle the story aspects. And I was like, there's no story at all to this. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I think I just people. basically gave it to us. Well, at the end of the movie when they beat the bad guy, I was just so shocked because he gets run over by a train that's on fire and they and they like and photoshopped he, him in <laughs> and he's still alive later in the movie how mm-hmm. why well it's because he wasn't really they like took one shot of they took the shot of him hanging on to the helicopter and cut him out and put him in the train tracks on that one shot but he was getting run over by a train and then well, all of a sudden the, he's able to jump onto a helicopter he was on the side but yeah he wouldn't be alive. don't justify if so like if I, if you were run over by a train and i went and people were like is alex okay and i'm like well he was just run over by the yeah. side of a train well, this is an action movie where you you look forward to bullshit like that like that was some bullshit oh yeah and then he got his face. It was because they were like, you know what? I don't know if getting run over by a train is enough. We should have him climb up that ladder, all the whole ladder, and then get his fingers cut off and then immediately burst <laughs> into flames as he's falling down into the I fire. I think what they were hoping was going to happen was going to be like that Batman scene where the shark attacks Batman. That's kind of what it was like. When he's like. on the plane ladder. <laughs> <laughs> and it, And I was just amazed. I was amazed that everyone lived through this movie. Well, and then I... Thought, and then I asked you when, like, the planes collided at the end and they hit one another. The trains, you mean? <laughs> yeah, the trains. <laughs> Whatever they were. I was just so stuck with the fact that we were in Colorado. I didn't care if they were in a plane or a train. Um, But they... I was like, where are the passengers? And you're like, oh, they detached. And I'm like, that was a very brief moment in the movie compared to the four repeated shots of him doing, like... Scissor hands all Ikea. over the bad guy. <laughs> Plus signs. <laughs> Plus signs, minuses, divisions. But I mean, I'm I'm glad that the passengers hopefully survived. What if another plane or another train, and hopefully not a plane, yeah. another train came up behind them and just smashed into them and they all died anyways. Well, let's assume that everything was fine. Because oh, at, it's happy ending. Because at the end they're at a white tombstone <laughs> so everything <laughs> they're fine. surrounded by white tombstones i bet they're all of the dead passengers on that train do the navy people wear the white suits like that just like well or, or, so they're visiting the the tombstone of his brother Kristen heigl's father who is his brother right yeah um i guess i don't like what there must be parameters in the navy or any armed forces where they say you have to wear this but like he just shows up in a yard and is like eh, i'm gonna wear it and katherine heigl is clinging on to him and i was like those two are definitely fucking oh come on just because they're hugging each other <laughs> well just because i know steven seagal is a weirdo yeah and thinks that rape jokes are funny on snl skits i mean that's like a joke that you would come up with if you were in snl doesn't mean it's a bad idea. Yeah, but I think if you're actually probably raping people like Steven Seagal or to asking them to take off their shirts on the casting things and grabbing their boobs and production 
promo pictures. Chances are good you have a problem. Yeah. Quacks like a duck, swims, flies. Jenny McCarthy, you know. Yeah. She was, is she, she was really like a viable? <laughs> yeah, he's like, you're going to tell people not to vaccinate their children. Yeah, she was Show me your tits and I'm going to ruin your life. And she came out fine. <laughs> you know what's funny is that whenever he's writing something, he's writing his memoirs. <laughs> memoirs. And cooking a steak or a filet mignon. Who walks around writing their memoirs? <laughs> I don't know. And the way he said it was so weird, too. Memoir. What if someone said that to you? I'm writing my memoir. I'd be like, wow, you're a real fucking asshole. <laughs> yeah, I'd be like, you must really enjoy yourself. You must think you're a real story. I'd be like, I'm writing a, an email for my job so yeah. I can have a paycheck. <laughs> what are you, some kind of a Navy SEAL that's also a chef? Yeah. Or a real oh. housewife of New Jersey? <laughs> like, what the hell are you? Are you a real housewife of the Nevada desert? He's Steven tan Seagal? enough <laughs> to be a real housewife. <laughs> He's so tan. What is Steven Seagal? I don't know, man. He's like a beef jerky running around <laughs> smacking people. <laughs> I think he spent a lot of time in a tanning bed. He's not like, I think he's like, I read his heritage as like American, Michigan. <laughs> which I'm like, we're all American, but if you go back further and it was like American, Russian, I was expecting to see like Alaskan or something that yeah. would give him like a darker complexion and like something but he he's just steven seagal no he's from the michigan tribe <laughs> the michigan tribe <laughs> what the michigan no i don't i don't get the, his whole thing you know he <clears throat> he directed a movie called um on something ground on higher ground or something something i bet he thinks he's on a higher ground than everyone else well he's my, got a real my, attitude he, on him he directed michael kane in it and it's like an environmental action movie, but he's got. What would like, Michael Caine have said about that? I am deeply impressed with Mr. Seagal. <laughs> no, there's actually a really funny scene where, my, where Michael Caine's shooting this commercial, and as soon as they call cut, he's like, "Fucking hell, these things are stink. These are terrible." And that was wait, that was after Steven Seagal directed him. No, it's a clip in the movie where he's like oh, shooting a commercial. Well, yeah, he's saying this is a terrible movie that i'm shooting these things stink get me out of here with steven siegel he's a fucking bird he likes tits what were some things you liked about this movie that it was in colorado um pretty cool that they showed colorado places that a man was run over by a train and could still climb a ladder up a helicopter. I couldn't do that even if I wasn't run over by a train. What about that guy who got kicked off the front of the train and then run over by the train near the beginning God. of the movie? That was cool. There's so many super, like ultra-violent deaths in this movie. There are. <laughs> it's like a Kill Bill. It's pretty cool. I like it a lot. Kill Steve. But that's why I like these kind of action movies because they're so dumb and... There's so Joyous. much violence and like people getting shot in the head, making bombs out of Apple Newtons that say you're <laughs> fucked. <laughs> I remember when we saw that in the movie and I said, is that a Palm Pilot? And you were like, no, it's an Apple Newton. I was like, what the hell is that? Because <laughs> I, I remember when my dad got a Palm Pilot when I was a kid and I was so excited to like, he would let me use that and you would have to learn to write letters the way that it wanted you to write them, which I was like, I will write letters the way I want to write them computer and then i gotta play brick breaker on it for a good like five hours mm. so i never had an apple newton and when i saw that i was like i don't know what that is and then you were like 
oh well my dad had one and i'm like of course you're from a richer family than me of course you had that and i had a palm pilot palm pilots actually cost more than apple newtons Did they but really? nice try <laughs> <laughs> oh no well, apple newton my... was a was kind of a failure um was it really yeah but you could plug a modem into it and send faxes so that's what they were that was the whole reason he was using it in that maybe they were failures because they tied themselves to this movie. I mean, this movie has a 5.6 on IMDb. Yeah. Couldn't really find anything about this movie to, you know. I mean, it had its moments. I can't believe you just didn't enjoy this movie. I did. It's so much fun to watch. We just laughed the whole time. I laughed. That's why it's I, well, that when score. we rewound parts of him like being an idiot, Hello. not acting, just being a lazy actor. Hello, I'm hanging on a rock. <laughs> I'm leaning on a wall. It was so weird, though. Weird? It was just, I don't know. Words cannot describe. I just didn't think it was a movie that I would watch on my own. Are you interested in seeing the first one? Probably not. Okay. Unless he's like exploiting women. I love to see that. Well, there is a, a lady who um, comes out of a cake and takes her clothes off in that first one. There it's was like, one glimpse of nudity in this movie, and it and I was like, and as soon as they started with this, I'm like, this movie is going to be a bunch of like boobs and ass and whatever. They were like zooming in on the satellite, these like quote unquote scientists, mm. and they zoom into some naked woman, and then I'm like, this is all this movie is going to be. It's like, and then and then when they go on the train and they find those two scientists or whatever they are from the government and they're sleeping with each other. I'm like, ah, more tits and ass. There was just one tits. Yeah. One tits. So a pair of boobs, a I've triple heard... pair of <laughs> triple boobs. Pair. Um, I was just, I, I don't know. I don't know. So let me ask you this. Let me pose this question. Why do you like Steven Seagal? Why do I like him? Yeah. I mean, I don't really like him. I just like this movie. Why don't you dislike him? Why do I not dislike him? Why don't you dislike him? I guess I just don't really care enough to have an, <laughs> to have an opinion of him. I like Under Siege 2, Dark Territory, and I don't think I've seen any other movie that he's done. Yeah. He's probably done like Baywatch or... I tried watching this one movie <laughs> where he had a... The later movies where he's like bigger and has a goatee... Those are the straight-to-video movies from the yeah. last, I don't know, 10 years. I tried watching this one, and I started I started it, and it was him, like, walking through a boiler room, and he's playing a gangster or Oh, something. you're thinking of Nightmare on Elm Street. <laughs> yeah, it kind of <laughs> felt like that. He's, he's not playing Freddy Krueger. That's someone else. No, he just had lots of craters on his face. <laughs> <laughs> Which were <laughs> kind of blended in through the self-tanner he wore. <laughs> that was the one where he came up and... And he was um, confronting this guy who is like uh, in his gang or whatever. And he's like, face man, you motherfucking rat. He kind of does like talk gangster in some movies. There's a movie yeah, called The Glimmer. Yeah, that's Well, there's a, kind, there's a movie called The Glimmer Man where he like says like, get your white ass away from me. And it's like, you're white. <laughs> yeah, you're Russian and American. And Michigan. What do you think you are? I don't know. I think he, when I was younger... So like I always so like when I watch this movie, and this may be funny to you. I don't know if you ever saw a picture of my first stepdad because I have multiples, but yeah, he looked like my stepdad, who is some sort of Alaskan folk mixed with your dad. Yeah, Roddy mixed Piper. W- mixed with Jurgen's self tanner. Mm, yeah, 
Does Jergens make self-tanner? Yeah, they do. I used to use it, but I turned orange. I turned Steven Seagal <laughs> when I used it, so I stopped using it. But I was just like, there's something familiar about Steve. And then I was like, Steve he's... Seagal? Yeah. And then I, I was just so surprised to read his heritage was American, Russian, and it was one other thing, but it wasn't like what I expected. And Catherine Heigl is... 17. I just can't get over the fact that she's 17 in this movie. She became a real nut. Did she? Well, when she did like Grey's Anatomy and she was like bashing the show, like she was just being very outspoken. Is that why everybody hates her? Yes. Okay. She just seems like that was a while ago, wasn't it? It was. I mean, it wasn't when this movie was made, but she did. She said some things that were a little like, "Eh, you probably shouldn't say that. Hmm. Well. I would like to watch uh, some of the early Steven Seagal movies. It would be interesting to see if he started out that tan or if he progressively got tanner. Yeah, he probably maintains. He's got like a goatee now and stuff. He's gotten lighter. Has he? I don't know. Not on the scale. Yeah. He's gotten heavier on the scale. Yeah, Catherine Heigl, like when she did Knocked Up and stuff, I guess she did some bad press and said bad things about it. And I'm like, you're going to do bad press about Knocked Up and you're not going to do it about Under Siege too. <laughs> <laughs> she probably just doesn't want anyone to remember that she was in this movie. Yeah, she doesn't want anyone to look up that picture of Steven Seagal grabbing her boob because she was 17 <laughs> was and that, that was weird. What? Was that at the premiere? I don't know where that was. Like, so but either way, it was not when she was like 35. It was when she was like 17 years old. But yeah, she thought Knocked Up was a little sexist. And I'm like, well, you let Steven Seagal touch your boob when you were 17. So what's your problem? I think I know why I like the Steven Seagal movies is because it's kind of like Charles Bronson where like he's only cool because everybody in the movie tells you that he's cool. <laughs> like everybody is just like so enamored with Steven Seagal, but he doesn't really do anything. And Who's everybody Charles could... Bronson. Charls Bronson from Death Wish. You know, oh, you've seen I stuff. always think of Richard Branson whenever someone says Charles yeah. Charles Bronson. No, he's a different kind of cool. <laughs> <laughs> he's like Virgin Airlines cool. But what's funny is that everybody in these movies can understand Steven Seagal also, and. No, they can't understand a word he's saying. No, because he comes up to that one guy, he's like, memoirs. Oh, yes, yes. She arrived at 3.30 p.m. right on the dot, Mr. Ryback. They're all like, it's a good thing we memorized our lines, because I don't know if this guy knew there were words in the sentence he just said. Yeah, this guy's doing like a Bruce Springsteen impression everywhere he goes. (laughs) (laughs) It was like Bruce Willis with Bruce Bruce Springsteen. Well, Under the Siege was delightful. All right, you ready to crash this train? (laughs) How many stars would you give this thing? God, two. One and a half. Do I have to round up? Yeah, it's got to be. Two. Two's pretty a good. A reluctant two. Yeah, closer to one, You would you say? What would you give it? I would give it a four. <laughs> no, I'd give it a three. Really? This is what this is a movie I grew up watching. I actually taped the pay-per-view. <laughs> Once again, someone who watched Cannibal Holocaust, the mm-hmm. age of six. Yeah, this is a pretty violent movie to watch when you're a kid. Yeah, but, uh, I couldn't even watch Jerry Maguire because of that scene on the bookshelf. And you oh, were watching yeah. Under Siege where he's grabbing Katherine Heigl's boobs. Yeah. 
Well, Jerry Maguire is a boring ass movie, so you probably saved yourself something. It had that cool sex scene at the beginning. That is the only scene anyone ever talks about in that movie, and that's <laughs> well, the, the show me the money movie. That's in the first five minutes, er, and then scene. the rest of the movie is him and Renee Zellweger crying to each other, and, and the little kid wanting to swing around on their arms. Yeah, and that little kid that's like, "Did you know that the human head weighs eight pounds?" And Tom Cruise is like. I'm trying to fuck your mom. Can you please get out of the room? Uh, one, that would have been a good Steven Seagal movie. <laughs> would have been believable. Unlike Tom Cruise, the Scientologist, trying to fuck Renee Zellweger, the foot face. Yeah, the foot face. <laughs> God. Um, uh, I think three is very generous of you, but I get it. It's the nostalgia yeah, the, no, the it's, it's end all factor. Nostalgia. The end factor. I just um, kind of like this era of like early '90s action movies. Um, like right when they started using CGI, and you're like, Ugh. <laughs> that didn't look good. But Twister was like '97, right? Yeah, and I this was '94. So. so three years later, Twister yeah. looked better than Under Siege. Yeah, who Under the thought, Siege. Who would have thought that more time would have made things better? <laughs> If you ask me that in three years, I'll let you know. I think we're going in. <laughs> Bill Pullman. That was apparently a Bill Pullman <laughs> or Ellen Dunt. <laughs> um, un- Under the Siege was really spectacular. Nothing gets better down where it's wetter. Under the Siege. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs> no, you can't say that. You've got to say... Wasn't there some some line he went out with? Oh yeah. Was, Nobody beats me in the kitchen. Get out of here. Get out of the kitchen. <laughs> Nobody beats me in the kitchen. Gotta get out of this kitchen. Hey. Do you think I'm they were filming that rock. fight scene? He's like, I'm done. I'm I'm doing that one shot. You're just gonna have to use it like four times. <laughs> Probably. That was ninety four. <laughs> like his career had just started and ended around the same time. No, his career started in like the uh, mid eighties, I would say. I don't know. I always think of that mad TV skit with Will Zasso. He's like, "Hey, can you use that ketchup? Yeah, karate chop." Anyway, Under the Siege Two is yours for the taking. Wherever you can find it, I'm sure you can pe- find people willingly giving away copies of this movie on corners in New York City. This has to be in like the um middle of a walmart in in a pile of other five dollar movies are they they that's a little steep these days maybe a dollar but um thank you for making me a part of this <laughs> <laughs> couldn't be happier all right um that i gotta see this movie um i i next go around is my pick yeah which i'm a little excited do you, about do you know what it is yet uh so next time around we're gonna be watching fern Mm. Gully G Wiz. Mm, I love Fern Gully. That'll it's be gonna a be one. a good one. It's gonna be a little bit different than Under the Siege too. Yeah. Um, but in a lot of similar ways, you know, Steven Seagal is in Fern Gully. Yeah. He plays a mushroom. Yeah. <laughs> he that plays doesn't ga- speak. He plays gas escaping from something. Now that's Tim Curry. <laughs> Toxic love. He's the fart sound in the back, though. All right, guys. Well, it's been so much fun that I wish I could just fall off a cliff and say hey and catch a line down with you. Hello. Hello. And goodbye. I'm Laura. 
I'm Alex. Please go check this movie out. It's a lot better than we gave it credit for. It's one of my favorite movies of all time, and I give it three out of five. <laughs> I give it one and a half, but we have to round up, so I give it a two out of five, and I would say it's a movie that's been made. Have a good whatever time of day this is that you're listening to this. P- Peace and love. And Steven Seagal. Yep. Steven Seagal. Have a good day. Thank you.